Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Learning to sit in the pain and inviting God into it. That was probably the key. Um, finding out God's not ashamed of me. He's not ashamed of me. Um, yeah, it's, 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 the pain stretches over many lives. Children involved, mm-hmm. um, extended family, friends. Paul's guest today is Chris Keith, who along with his wife Dawn, discuss the trauma and pain of finding their identities in Christ and finding each other following painful losses of spouses through death and divorce. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, I'm so glad you've joined us on Life Support. We have kind of a unique program for you. What we do here is we tell stories, and they aren't always flowery stories. Sometimes they're really hard stories, but what we want you to know is that Jesus is alive and well in trauma, and this is often where he makes himself known. And so we love to hear from others who have been through stuff, and they can tell us about Christ, and that's what we're going to do again today. And our guests are Don and Chris Keith. Uh, they were here last time as well, and I wanted to have them back because we have so much more to talk about. Thank you both for returning. Thank you. So, so great much. to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, Don was talking about uh, losing two husbands in, in different ways, and uh, we can circle back on some of that. Um, in the meantime, Chris was talking about a couple of divorces he went through and then kind of trying to find himself and God entering into that. And, and Don, let me start again with you um, in talking about the two losses that you went through, and they were, they were really different kinds of losses. The first was an illness that you had some time to process. The second was the result of... Um, a car accident that kind of just went quickly and you kind of were left standing still. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about um, the, you know, God was obviously in both those situations. What common threads about God did you discover, even though these were two completely different kinds of things that you were dealing with? What were the things that you said, oh, yeah, God... God is like that, and God is like that, and I learned this about God. What are some of those things? Um, I think I had never before had an opportunity to express God's faithfulness the way that I did during those two situations in my life. Um, His mercy, his peace, his comfort, his love for me. Um, I never experienced it in such a deeply personal way, um, just in the in the ways that he would come alongside me in my deepest moments of grief and pain and um, sorrow. Just I would just sense his presence as I did, you know, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, and just in the little and and big ways that he provided for us. Um, people would come over and put. Christmas lights on our house at Christmas time when Steve was ill, just to try to give us some sense of normalcy. And, you know, that, that can seem like a really small thing to people from the outside, but when you're going through that kind of trauma, mm-hmm. those little things mean the world. Yeah. 
to the people who are suffering and living that day in and day out. And I never knew with Steve for six years um, when I woke up the next morning if he was still going to be breathing. Mm -hmm. And that's just so hard Mm -hmm. to live like that. And because with angiosarcoma, there is no cure. You know, you get the diagnosis and you know they're going to die. You just don't know when. Um, but always God would show up and peace would rule the day. And, um, I don't know, it's just, um, I'm just so thankful for a father who loves me that personally and, and, um, has just always been there. Before all these things started to happen to you, do you think you understood that as fully as you do now? No, um, I... I loved Jesus as a child. I don't really Mm -hmm. remember a time that I did not love Jesus. Um, I was raised in church, and my grandma was my Sunday school teacher for years, and um, what a blessing that was. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, I I know that I'll be in heaven someday because of the love that my grandma had for me and for the Lord. And I just praise him for that. I praise praise God for her. Um, But um, I'm sorry. So you you learned all those things about God because of this suffering. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's a big deal. And that's yeah. sometimes what what in our culture, you know, we want to explain everything away and we want, you know, to try to pretend life's going to be really great if we just do this or that. You know, A plus B is going to E plus C, but it doesn't always work out that way. And it's not yeah. always God's plan because God's in the business of growing us and changing us yes. and, and making us more like him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we don't want to shy away from. And Chris, you made a comment last time when you were um, commenting on Dawn's situation, and you said, "You know, I'm really, I'm really proud of her for leaning into it." Mm-hmm. Tell me what you meant by that. You know, one of the things that's always the first that Scripture has always stuck with me is that I came that you might have a life and have it abundantly. And what what I started to see in my process of living again after the divorces is that the promises of God are still true even though there's difficulty and pain and um, I was going through I'll tell you a little personal thing I'm I was I became a ballroom dancer I love dancing so as part of my um, healing process was finding something to living into life even mm-hmm. though there was so much difficulty I'm going to choose life and so I got into dancing, and um, it. I, I came to the point where I was lonely, but I was content. Mm-hmm. I was content in my relationship with God and the life I was living. I wasn't out pursuing people or another person to fulfill my life. Mm-hmm. God was enough. Yeah. And um, so it was a pretty cool story how... Two, God brought two people together. Yeah, how did he? Uh, yeah, that was amazing. So we, we, uh, I had kind of given up on being online. Um, and um, one day, Dawn's um, um, profile came up. I was just about done with this certain site. And, um, and she said some wonderful things. I had two husbands. I lived a wonderful childhood. And she was from Iowa. And this is in Minnesota. And, and I've seen these pop up before. And I said, um, great profile, life well lived, 
God bless you. And I thought that would be it. And the Iowa part didn't turn you off. Isn't didn't turn me you off so okay much. With that. No, I was okay with that. Now, those listening in other parts of the country wouldn't understand no, the uh, little Minnesota-Iowa no, rivalry. But... Uh, she, was, uh, she was very pretty, and um, she, she loved life. She, you could tell in her profile that she, she loved God and she loved life. And so um, I pinged her, and... Um, we started having this short conversation on the internet, and one day I said, um, "You know, this thing's been going on for a little bit. Would you like to talk?" She said, "I'm busy this weekend. Maybe next week." And I thought we were done. Yeah, yeah, that's the old line. We've all heard yeah. that one. I thought <laughs> right? there was somebody else yep. that won her already, yep. and then all of a sudden it came Friday. Bam! Mm-hmm. Hey, you seem like a great. Whoa, whoa. I thought, well, what happened here? She just gave me a long email and said we could get together today and we, we would meet in um, Clear Lake. And sure enough, um, we met in Clear Lake, a three-hour time together, met, met God in a real personal way between, the, between our time together, and um, that started a, a great Great romance and eventually great marriage. And here you are. Here we are. Pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, let me ask you, um, one of the things that often, and, and you two minister together now in, in grief share and divorce care and those kinds of things, but w- how did you, you know, many times divorce brings shame with it. Um, and you alluded to the fact of, you know, trying to find your identity and losing a business and all this kind of thing. How did you grapple with shame and God and, and, and working through the fact that, you could be, you know, um, brand new and in all those types of things. You know, it it wasn't easy, um, but learning to sit in the pain and inviting God into it—that was probably the key. Um, finding out God's not ashamed of me; He's not ashamed of me. Um, yeah, it's it's it. it the pain stretches over many lives, children involved, mm-hmm. uh, extended family, friends. But as I would sit in the pain, as we encourage others to invite God into the pain, don't push him away. He's, he wants to heal you. He wants to come to you in your, in your place of grief and hurt and pain and heal you. But if you try to be busy with life and confuse a situation where you just I'm going to go do something and over time everything will work out well yes and no we Mm -hmm. have to invite God into those places of pain and shame more from Pastor Paul and Chris and Don Keith in just a moment this is Steve Johnson executive director of Five Stone Media a co-sponsor of this program and we're excited to introduce a brand new video curriculum series called caring for mental health This 10-part series is available at no cost and is designed to help you and others come alongside those who are struggling with mental health. If you'd like to learn more, go to lifesupportresources.org, lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. We have to invite God into those places of pain and shame Mm -hmm. for him to do his work. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You know, it's it's um, it's not easy in the sense of 
there's so many distractions in life but if you understand that that's the that's the avenue that's the street to, to healing mm-hmm. um just i mean we tell people in divorce care you just have to sit in it mm-hmm. you have to sit in the pain cry and just invite the lord into that place unfortunately there are many believers that don't think you it's somehow ungodly to tell god how you feel Mm -hmm. um that somehow god's going to be offended and i'm thinking to myself well um if you've read the psalms you have a guy there uh in david and other other psalmists that are are brutally honest with god Mm -hmm. but they always come back to what they know which is you are faithful I'm going to trust you. Yes. And I know, you know, Don, when you were telling us your story, um, you know, crying out to God in agony, how am I going to do this and how am I going to get through? At that point, um, had you ever talked to God that way before in that kind of, with that kind of honesty, with your heart just pouring out in desperation like that? Uh, no. And what did that feel like? Um... It felt like a relief to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't I didn't have anywhere else to turn but to God. Mm-hmm. And I think often it's in those moments when we realize there is no other place to turn but yeah. to God, that, that mm-hmm. we turn to Him. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in the most um, authentic way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so for me... Um, it was just one of the most beautiful moments of my life, truly, even though it was the most one of the most difficult um, because I truly and in a very powerful way experienced who God is and who he is who he is to me on that deeply personal level mm-hmm. and really received the promise that he has for all of us that he will never leave or forsake us. Mm-hmm. It's a real promise, mm-hmm. and it's it. He he keeps that promise, and and I remember, you know, for me going through these things, nights are always the worst. Oh yes, um, I, I can see you both agree with that. <laughs> like yes, um, and um, our, our son was um, was murdered, and I remember laying there many a night, and um, I mean it. It you know these thoughts can be extremely dark, extremely troubling and and yes. um awful but but as i would just lay there and um i, I kind of put a you know i'd put a playlist together of different different songs and, and things and kind of just try to jesus would always kind of you know all of a sudden he would sort of enter into that darkness yes. and it's it's really hard to to describe that but if i wasn't grappling with these thoughts and these in this pain and darkness then I wouldn't know a, yeah. his presence that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And so in a way, it's a gift. It yes. Is. And we found that gift, you know, her being, losing two husbands, me going through divorce twice. It's, it's amazing what God does in the midst of the hurt, the pain, the brokenness. And it becomes a gift that is incredible. It was really incredible. And it's a gift that you can give to other people. Yeah. Yes. Or share with exactly. them at least. Yes. Yep. That's what that's that's why I think God brought us together, to be perfectly honest. He yeah. He wants to use our story and the pain we've been through to help and encourage others. Yes. Do you find that the 
this is kind of a general question, but that there's a predominant feeling um, amongst believers that if you follow Christ properly, that everything is going to be okay and that you're not going to have to go through some of this stuff? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and to encourage people that when we find, find them in divorce or, or grief, we really feel our job is kind of an extension of, of what you do as a pastor. And really, they we can help them get through this, but they just need to keep going. Mm-hmm. They need to keep their mm-hmm. hands to the plow. Mm-hmm. We We don't even carry this stuff home with us. Because it's not our job to do the healing. Right. Christ does the healing. Right. Yes. Yep. Our job is to help and encourage them to stay in the process. Mm-hmm. To to man and and man up, woman up into the process of going through the grief, going through the brokenness, and hanging in there. Because God did say, "I came that you might have life, in spite of loss." Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine what you went through with the murder of your son. Yes. My goodness, and then losing your wife, but. You know, hang in there. God still has a life for you. Yeah, it's true. And God does have a life. It's a different life. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing, when you're, you've come through things, um, you have to embrace the different life. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to be the same. Um, I don't true. have the stamina I once had. I don't have the, the, the bandwidth. I think differently. Um, I have, um, you know, I, I react differently to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I've learned to to know that's okay because that's that's what God wants for me yeah. right now, and and I think where people get isolated is others around them want them to go back to the way they were, um, you know. Hey, my, what happened to my friend? You know, you're not the same. You're not the same fun guy anymore. Now you're really serious, and and so then you have to kind of find sometimes new friends and and new ways of 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 doing your life as well. But that's all part of God's plan in this. Yeah. Right. And and I think, you know, here, here's here's when I when I read the, the story of um, Jesus, I say story, I should really call it a historical record because it really happened. But when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb and and this is consistent with what happened when Jesus healed people, he called him out of the tomb. Lazarus didn't have to, you know, uh, get on a gurney and um he didn't have to go through a, a, a time of healing and, and a time of, like, you know, resuscitation. You know, he came out of the tomb. He, he, he was ready to roll. When, when, when Jesus went to Peter's mother-in-law, or Peter, uh, yeah, mother-in-law, and, and healed her, what did she do? She got up and started serving them immediately. Yeah. There, there wasn't this period of, yeah. of, and so the point of all that is when Jesus heals, he heals mm-hmm. completely. Yes, and, and, and does it take time? Yes. Do we have processes as human beings that we have to work through? And do we ever completely arrive? Of course not. But we also don't have to to shrink back. No. And and we don't have to wonder if God's at work in, in our kind of new mm-hmm. life that we have. And here you are together now. You have you have this this past that's not going to ever go away. But you're still carving out a new life. Yes. With God, right? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing how important the piece of community is in doing this, mm-hmm. doing and helping people. Um, yeah, you don't have to. You brought up isolate people. Isolate themselves. Yep. 
and that's when that's when it becomes very difficult in the healing process. And so, through grief to share, through divorce care, there is that piece of. I'm, I'm sure when when Mary got up and served, or the yep. mother-in-law got up and served, right? Lazarus wrote. He got together with people. Yeah, we cannot isolate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we talk about that a lot. And that's one of the things the program does is it's really important is the community piece. Because that's the natural tendency is to isolate yeah. because it's yes. just, it's exhausting to try to right. maneuver through this. Right. Yeah. But the good news is you don't have to do it alone and it's not good to do it alone. Um, as Chris said, the community piece in grief share and divorce care is one of the most important things. And people, when you're going through that kind of pain, your natural, um, thought process is I just want to push this pain away as quickly as I can. But you cannot do that because the pain is going to sit there until you deal with it. Mm -hmm. And in these two groups, we help people face it. And and it's not easy, but you you can't push it away. You can't go around it. Um, It's always going to be there until you face it and you let God work in your heart to heal it. And I would say this to friends of those who are going through suffering or are coming out of suffering, give them time to yes. face the pain. Don't don't force them to to um, be who you want them to be. You know, I don't know how many times, you know, I've I've heard people say, you know, well, he you know he should be over that by now, mm-hmm. or you know, um, they're stuck. Yes, they're I've stuck. Heard that too. Well, no, they're not stuck. They're just working through it in their timeline, and God's mm-hmm. at work in them. And and so give them a break, you know. Yes. And it's like, and I I remember some of the things I would say to people before some of this stuff started happening to me, and I'm just embarrassed by it because I had no idea what I was talking about. So, you learn some of those skills as well. Um, so I'm so glad that you're ministering together. That's awesome. Yes. And the way God Praise God must use you in a powerful way. It does. Yes. Because you bring a lot to the table. He does. You know, it's amazing how. As you sit in other people's pain or with other people's pain and just say, Holy Spirit, come and, and most of the time we just listen, Paul. Most, mm-hmm. of the, most of what we do is listen and ask God for good questions. And good questions often allow people to free up. Mm-hmm. And they want to they talk about what they're going through. They want to be engaged in it. They just don't want to do it by themselves. Yeah, and I, and I would guess that they're also hesitant to know when they're allowed to talk about it. So when they're with you, they can say, "Okay, this is the place where I can let right. it rip." Right. Because when you're out and about, you don't know. Like, should I? I don't know if I should mention this. People are sick of hearing about this, and you know, I don't know. But when you're in a group like that, that's what you're there for, and it must yes. be very freeing just to be able to to talk freely. It is. Yeah, we have um, people in both groups who have said to us. I don't even allow myself to cry until I come here wow. one night a week. Wow. That's that's my safe place. That's where I, they know that's where they can come to um, feel those feelings and think those thoughts. And they know that there are people there who will love them through it, who will help them, who will point them toward Jesus. And, um, yeah, that's where the healing begins. Yeah, there's presence. Yes. Yeah, yeah nobody's trying to fix them. There's just presence right. there. Right, right. And some guidance. Right. Yeah. And you go through it in those groups with people who are going through something similar. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that sense of nobody knows what I'm feeling right now. Nobody yeah. knows what I'm going through. Because yeah, as you walk spirit. down the street, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how you feel. Like, I'm all alone in this world. Nobody yeah. gets it. Yeah. You know? 
So That's yeah. exactly how you feel. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is really important. And I appreciate you stopping by and, and, and just being vulnerable and letting us get a glimpse of, of what you've experienced because I think it's going to bring a hope to a lot of people. Mm, so thanks for God. doing that. Thank you. Praise God. If I could just say one more yeah, quick thing. you sure can. Um, I just wanted to point out that um, divorce care um, and grief share are available worldwide to anyone. You just go online, griefshare.org, divorcecare.org, and you will find a group near you. Good. And God's waiting to meet you there. And, and there is joy for you in the future. That's really good. I see these groups meeting around our church, and it always does my heart good to know that there's hope for those folks. Yes. So thanks for mentioning that. Don and Chris Keith, uh, they've been our guests and sharing their story. And here's ultimate hope for you. There's hope in this life, of course, but Revelation 21.4. And one day, this is what it will be like if you're a follower of Christ. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. What a great hope that is for those who follow Jesus. And you know, Jesus is waiting for you. And He said, "All you have to do is is, is believe in Me and 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 trust Me for your salvation and repent of your sin, and and I will be your." God. And so I just encourage you to pursue that. If you haven't been to church, um, just as you can go online and and look up some of the things that Don just talked about, you can find a local church online as well, or you can just watch a local church to start online. But pursue Christ because he's waiting there for you. I want to thank our partners. Faithradio.com has been great to us. You can see a video version of this show at fivestonemedia.com, and you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church at myrwc.com. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll catch you next time on Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support